0: If you've been in the marketing space for any amount of time, you've undoubtedly heard about a sales funnel. Sales funnels are strategic models that represent the buying journey from the moment a person becomes aware of your brand down until they become a customer or client. Traditional sales funnel steps include awareness, which is seeking educational resources to solve a problem, consideration which is when somebody is weighing all the options and sizing you up with your competitors, and then purchase, where someone is finally ready to make an investment, hopefully with you. With the sales funnel, the end goal is that conversion or purchase. When you look at a graphic representation of a funnel, it almost always has a lot of people going in at the top and then dollar signs coming out at the bottom. Pretty solid strategy, right? The truth is this concept is flawed. While sales funnels can help you achieve your various conversions and sales goals, they also come with downsides. To start, sales funnels treat people like commodities instead of the actual human beings that they are. The thought process is generally, if you get enough people into your funnels at the top, some are bound to make it through the different steps of the process and ultimately end up in that conversion space on the bottom. In many cases, the focus is on quantity, getting as many people as possible into your funnel and generating leads, growing lists of email addresses. The idea is that if you make enough offers, if you get enough people into your into your, into your funnel, right, into your system, into your email list, then someone's bound to buy. Another downside is that in the online space, it's common for... The worth of an entrepreneur to be measured based on the size of your list. A few examples of this that I've encountered over my you know, lifetime as an entrepreneur is that I'm someone who frequently speaks at events, both online and offline on stages. And there's a trend. It doesn't happen all the time, right? But among some event organizers, that there are email list size requirements that are set as a means of vetting potential speakers. And what that looks like is a requirement that you must have 5,000 or 10,000 or some arbitrary number of people on your email list. If you don't have those numbers, you're not allowed to apply to speak at the event or the conference. Now, in my previous lifetime, (laughs) right before I was really in the online marketing space, I did a lot of influencer work. The brands that I was collaborating with often wanted to know the numbers, my numbers, right? How many people were on my email list? How many people did I have following me on social media platforms? And the message this sends is that you need to have large numbers in order to be successful and unlock these premium opportunities. It sets emerging entrepreneurs up for failure, implying that they should be concerned with quantity over quality. And we have to unlearn this. If you are an event host, a podcast host, uh, a brand that's looking for influencers, you have to stop requiring this and if you are that that brand or influencer who's, who's building your own, whether it's a, a, your own business or your own personal brand, you have to unlearn this as well. We need to change the way that we're teaching others to market themselves and their businesses. It's time to change the way that we think about our businesses and that we talk about our marketing. I know the general concept of mindset can seem fluffy, especially when you're here for marketing insights, you know, actionable tips, tricks, etc. cetera. You don't really want to talk about mindset, right? We want to talk about actionable things. But something that I've learned over the years, I used to be one of those people, right? Like I didn't want to talk about mindset. But something I've learned over the years is that how we think directly impacts the way that we show up in the world, the way that we market our business, the way that we do everything. It all ties back to what we think. And so we need to shift the way that we're thinking if we're going to do things differently going forward. Now, the way that I recommend doing this and what I've done is that I've I've gotten rid of that picture, that sales funnel picture, right? Get rid of that. <laughs> we need to stop thinking about our customer journey as a funnel, and we need to think about it as an ecosystem, a journey through this ecosystem, illustrating the various paths of interactions an individual has with your brand, product, or service. It's not linear, it's not a straight line, and it's certainly not a funnel where gravity is just kind of pulling them through the process. It's often this twisty and turny journey that people are taking throughout your ecosystem, throughout the the social media sites and your web pages and your your podcast episodes and your blog posts, et cetera, right? We need to reject that the ultimate goal is to get people to spend money with us. Like a sales funnel would have us believe. They spend the money, they're out of the funnel, boom, done. Yeah, that's part of the goal, right? We're businesses, gotta make money, but that should not be the end goal. Ever. All right? If not to make sales, what should the goal be? The goal is to impact, the goal is to solve problems, the goal is to transform, all right? The customer journey, this map, it continues beyond where the funnel ends. So the first three steps of a customer journey, if you will, are very similar to a traditional funnel. However, the customer journey continues with an additional two steps. Here's what the updated customer journey map looks like. Step one is awareness. Seeking those educational resources to solve a problem. People are aware that they have a problem, and then they become aware of your business. The second step is consideration. They're weighing out all those options. They're sizing you out with your competition. Why should they choose you over choosing someone else? Third, they're ready to make an investment, hopefully with you, right? Step four is simplified. I want you to know that step four is a big step. There's many little steps, right, that are kind of nestled under step four, but step four is retention, It's customer service. Once somebody has made a purchase with you, you've got that customer service step that you take in order to retain them as a client. Providing an exceptional customer experience through engaging, educating, And then offering ongoing support with those new and existing clients. This this stage is the most important and it takes the most time and energy. So like I said, in reality, it's, it's not a single step, but it's a series of steps. You know, people may make additional purchases as they make progress and face new problems or seek new transformations. This is where you have the opportunity to provide an experience that is so exceptional, that the customer becomes a raving fan, right? And at that point, they enter step five, which is the advocacy step. When someone enters step five, this is when they love you, right? Raving fans, they love you. They want to share your business with others. They—they, they, There's no other way to put it, right? They love you, and they wanna share you with the world. And there is no better thing in this world than word of mouth advertising. If we keep thinking about the sales process from a funnel perspective, we're missing out on everything that happens in step four and step five, the customer service, the retention. You know, you've heard, I'm sure, that it is less expensive. Gosh, what is the phrase? I'm gonna get the phrase a little wrong, but bear with me, right? I'm not always on top of my like snappy little phrases but it is cheaper to to resell to an existing client than it is to find a new client. We need to provide those customer service experiences and that retention phase in order to, to really grow our business and develop those raving fans. Now, I like to think in pictures, right? I'm a very visual learner. I picture my customer journey as a map, right? And we've already said it's not a straight line map. It's this like twisty, winding map, because it's not linear, I wanna know. I'm sure many of you feel me on this one. Have you ever played um, the board game Life, that classic board game, the game of life? Right now, it is one of my kids' absolute favorite games to play. And little side note, the new version is very progressive. All the little people are different colors, so it's not just blue and pink. And there's updated language, so it's it's more inclusive. I absolutely love it. So anyhow, I tend to picture my customer journey map like the one used in the game of life. There isn't just one way to go from start to finish around the map. At various points, as you're playing this game, you you come to a fork in the road and you can choose which direction you wanna go. Ultimately, both options go towards the end of the game, but each one brings slightly different experiences based on the decisions that you make. In your customer journey, those different directions, those forks in the road, that can look like you providing different levels of support based on the unique needs of your clients. Not everyone needs to take the same path and that's okay. Also in the game of life, as you go throughout this board, there are paydays and purchase opportunities. You know, you're buying and selling and making money and all of those things. And on your customer journey map, for me, what that looks like are different products and services that you offer your clients. And not everyone takes the same path. Not everyone buys the same things or consumes the same content, and that's okay. As a marketer, obviously, I think marketing is important. You, We need to increase awareness. We need to attract leads. However, it's essential to remember that our ultimate goal is to provide such an incredible transformation, such a stellar customer experience that our clients are singing our praises. Now our client, our customer is not only likely to become a return customer themselves, right? But they've become this raving fan who is sending more and more people and more and more traffic your way. And for me, that's the ultimate measure of success. That's impact that you're making not only on this one customer, but on all the people that they interact with, that ripple, those ripples of impact continue to spread. You'll discover that there are many touch points that you have with prospective clients. They can include things like in-person interactions, your website, social media, and other things. We can also get really granular with how we track customer journey information by tracking specific events that you go to, all the different specific blog posts or podcast episodes web pages, social media platforms, from the social media, like the types, you know, are, are they links, are they images, are they videos, etc. Now, my all-in-one marketing platform that I use is FG Funnels, and I love it because it allows me to keep track of all the different referral traffic, websites, offers, emails, et cetera, that each person in my ecosystem receives. So when someone makes a purchase, I'm able to easily go back to their record inside that CRM system, FG Funnels, and see, What other pieces of content they consumed before making this purchase? What websites did they go to? Which emails did they open, right? What are they reading? What are they consuming? What is it that I'm creating that's actually influencing their decisions, making an impact in their life? And this allows me to begin mapping out the process in order to get a better idea of what content should be optimized, like which content I should spend more time optimizing, fixing, adjusting, making better, or which content I should create. You know, what what topics I should be creating more content around so that I can enhance my customer experiences, both prospective customers and existing customers. Now, I am not an expert at all technology ever. So if you are not using FG Funnels, what I suggest you do is look into the CRM system that you are using, whether that is ConvertKit, if you're using lead pages, if you're using Keep, or what are some other ones, right? Constant Contact, whatever you're using, look into that CRM. Connect with somebody at that business if you need to and find out what integrations they have. How can you link your other products and, and, and softwares so that you can understand more information about your customer journey? You can also leverage Google Analytics for similar insights. No matter how you're tracking this information or how you're mapping out your customer journey, I highly suggest that you continue to keep detailed notes about the experiences and ongoing needs of your clients, even after they make an initial purchase or multiple purchases. This is going to help you continue to improve your offers in the overall customer experience. What I really want you to walk away from today is the understanding that your work isn't done when you close a sale. No matter what type of business that you have, it doesn't matter. Your work is not done when you close a sale. In fact, it's just beginning. Let me know what questions that you have. I love hearing your feedback. I can be emailed at meg at megbrunson.com or you can find me on all the social media platforms. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.